Hello, I'm Joe Haddo, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award longlistees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with Theakston's Old Peculiar, WH Smith, and The Express, and it's great to have you with us. I'm joined today by a debut novelist who worked in politics for nearly 20 years before studying an MA in creative writing, which led to her writing her first novel. It's called Blood and Sugar, and here to tell us more is Laura Shepherd-Robinson. Hello, welcome to you. Hi, it's lovely to be here. And it's great to have you with us. Where do we find you today? Uh, in my flat in London, which I haven't left very much in the last <laughs> two months, like everybody else, but um, but it's it's a nice place to be. Well, I was thinking this the other day because I live in a flat in London as well, and um, it was it, I was going through a sort of uh, up and down with it, mm. you know, of like oh, I wish I had more space, and then I was sort of quite comfortable just just staying in it. And I've noticed I don't know about you, Laura, but I've noticed it's just a little bit quieter than usual. Definitely. The birds have started singing in London again. It's lovely. Yes, and it's really from that point nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For us Londoners, you know, the bird singing is, and actually being able to hear it is something that, you know, we don't always get. So I'm looking yeah. at the positives. <laughs> Trying to. <laughs> Trying to. Um, so congratulations on, on the long list. Thank uh, you so much. Prize. And let's talk about the book, um, Blood and Sugar. Mm. It's a novel set in the 18th century and it's in and around Deptford uh, and I just wonder what drew you to this particular time and place? Well I've always loved the 18th century um, it's 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 a century of, of contrasts for me <laughs> um, you've got on the one hand you know these sort of flowering of enlightenment ideas and kind of liberal political thought but at the same time it still remains a very brutal society with you know capital punishment and slavery which I focus on in blood and sugar um, you know blood sports there's it, it felt like such fertile ground for writing crime yeah it's I've, I've read other historical novels you know that are set around that time very different stories but mm. there's a go at I think isn't there and that's possibly why why authors are drawn there because there's so much scope for stories. Absolutely. And I think it's I think it's quite underwritten about the 18th century. You get lots of novels about sort of the Tudors and you get lots of novels set in the Victorian era. But the period in be between is much less widely covered and it's having a bit of a renaissance at the moment. There's a mm. number of really good novels that have cover that period um, and the 17th century too. And uh, it, it just felt for me... It felt so right to set my novel there. Is historic research a pleasure or is it a chore for you? It's an absolute delight for me. Um, and I think you'd struggle to write historical fiction if you did find it a chore. Um, not just, you know, finding, I love finding all the little details and, and finding things to go, go in the book, but also I get a lot of ideas um, for plot from my research as well. Hmm. So quite a lot of kind of, subplots and strands originated in in something I found in the course of my research. And your your dad is Tony Robinson who many of us know is a massive history buff because he's part of the time team. Did your love of history come from him? Do you think? I think a lot of it did originally. I mean both my parents were very interested in history and would go off on like archaeological digs to volunteer when I was young and um uh, I, I think it would have been impossible to grow up in a house like mine and not be infused by history. 
Um, tell, tell us about the, um, the MA you did then, because this is a big yeah. shift, isn't it? If you were in politics and that was a, a, a big part of your career, 20 odd years, and then, you know, you did this course and, and now you're a writer. What, what made you want to do that and, and, and that switch? I think it had always been in the back of my mind that, or, or maybe not always, but certainly from sort of my late 20s, I'd kind of thought, oh, if there ever comes a time when I don't want to do this anymore, I'd love to see if I could write a novel because I've always read really widely. And, um, and, I, and my job involved writing too, sort of speech writing and, and things like that. So I, it wasn't such a huge jump to see if I could, if I could do it. Um, and, and thank God it worked out. <laughs> because actually, you, one might think that you, you could have gone down the route of writing, you know, more contemporary political-based <laughs> thrillers and stuff. And I, I suppose possibly you, you, you'll tell me that was, that was something that you wanted to actually stay away from because you'd done politics and you wanted to go away from that. Um, I certainly wouldn't rule out never writing something in a, a contemporary novel and and both of my uh, historical novels so far have had elements of politics in them even if it hasn't been um, the absolute centre of the plot. Um, so I'm, I think I would probably struggle to write a book without any politics in it at all. Um, uh, but but no, I definitely wouldn't rule it out for the future. It's, it's something okay. I have toyed with doing. But for the moment, I'm enjoying the, his, the history so much that, um, that uh, I think I'm, I'm certainly, my, the novel I'm working on at the moment is another historical novel. Great. And on the long list, on, these, uh, on the list of these 18 books, which you are part of, there's a whole range of amazing crime mm. novels. Um, it's an incredible long list. It is, isn't it? Isn't it great? Yeah. Um, do you have a, you know, I'm sure you've read some of them. Do you have a, do you have a favourite from the ones you've read on there? Well, um, as well as like the great writers who, who are on there, you know, the, the, the ones that we've all been reading for years and years. I also have a number of friends who are wonderfully good writers um so will dean and um jane casey mm-hmm. um uh, alex north and abir Mukherjee's books i love and if you if you've read blood and sugar and you like blood and sugar you will adore abir's books because they're quite wonderful historical crime so i'm waving the flag for historical crime but i think if i absolutely had to choose one it would be Mick Heron because I'm, I'm quite new to his books. I only read my first one just over a year ago. And since then I've devoured them because the writing is so sublime. It's funny, but it's also emotional and moving and the plots are clever. And, you know, they're books that you read and just like feel like throwing it across the room because he's so damn good. <laughs> it's, it's both a pleasure and, a, and, a, and, and exactly. not so much. You know, you, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's Joe Country, isn't it, you're talking about? Yes, which is I on, am. On yeah. that list, yeah. Um, and to come back to a beer very, very briefly mm. and, and his sort of style of writing and what he's um, approaching and, and with yourself and many others mm. um, and thinking back to, you know, the Axman's Jazz and lots of other books mm. that have appeared on this uh, list before. Are we, do you think we're having a sort of historical crime renaissance at the moment or purple patch? Is it, you know, is it a really good time to be a historical crime? I, I certainly think that sort of in the wake of um, C.J. Sanson, there followed um, 
you know, people saw that actually you could write historical crime books and they could sell. And, um, and, and you know, and that makes a difference because the publishers have to want to buy it. And, <laughs> and so there's all these like really talented writers like Antonia Hodgson and Andrew Taylor, um, as you say, a beer. Um, and I just think it's fabulous that, that there's, there's all these different periods being covered through crime fiction, because I think it brings history to a wider audience. Um, and, and also, as I say, I think the really best historical crime novels could only have been written in that time and the kind of crimes that they explore um, are a product of that time. And I think that that can make history incredibly interesting and exhilarating read. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of readers of historical fiction, whether that be crime or whether it be, you know, um, someone like Hilary Mantel, it, mm. they're partly they're reading it so that they can learn as well and they can discover yeah. these periods that they might not have known about and, and maybe go off and research it further. So Yes, and as a reader, of, I love that. Yeah. When, when you get a book and, and you're like, oh my God, I'm finding out about this really interesting subject, but it doesn't feel like a, a history lesson because you're reading about it in the context of an amazing plot. I always thought about it like a game of squash because in a game of squash, when I do play occasionally, I never feel like I'm actually exercising because I'm just sort of so um, in the moment and so set on trying to win that after 40 minutes or whatever, you suddenly go, oh, wow, look how much of a workout I've had. And it's similar, isn't it, when you're reading a really great story and you don't realise necessarily all the info that you're getting. And then afterwards you can go, you can reel off all these facts. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that that's, that's quite that's a skill that you have to learn when you're writing historical fiction is how to weave that research into your novels without it feeling like someone's giving me a lecture on the British Raj or slavery or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Is, it, is that hard to do? Is that a, quite a conscious thing when you're writing? I think, I mean, I tend to deal with it by, I, I will do a lot of research at the beginning um, and then I will just go away and write the story and try mm. not to, to look and really focus on the characters. And then I come back later and tidy up any research bits that I, where, where I need more. But I think if you do that, then it's the characters and their journey that is centre stage at all times, which is as it should be. Uh, coming back to the award, how mm. did it feel for you when you when you heard that you'd been long listed for the biggest award in just astonishing um and <laughs> unexpected and wonderful um yeah i you know to be up there with all those names of people that you know household names like lee child and val mcdermott it was just amazing and harrogate itself is a very special festival that uh, the whole crime community talk about and the crime community know, is in mourning we are yes. all in mourning <laughs> this is like you know this this bunch of quite introverted people who who don't get out that much and harriet harrogate is our is our amazing weekend of the year so we're all quite sad but i'm sure we will, we will make it work remotely we will, and there will be another uh, chance in the years to come for us all to get course, together, and, you yes. know, and, and we'll make, it'll be a sort of double, won't it? Because we've missed out this year. It so will, we're gonna, yes. Uh, yeah, it'll be extra special. Um, just to come back to your research um, a little bit more, because I know that you're mm -hmm. a, a huge fan of it, and it's a really enjoyable part of the process and a very important 
part of the process. And I think quite recently you got your mudlarking license. Uh, I did, but we haven't managed to go yet because um, because just as we were uh, we were going to embark on our on our mudlarking trip, um, they locked everything down, and the foreshore is of the Thames where we were going to go and do it is currently closed. But I I'm fully intending to do this as soon as. Um, as, as soon as this is over and we're allowed again. I've got a friend, um, uh, well, actually a group, whole group of friends who like going mudlarking and they told me how amazing it is. Yeah. Although I think last time they did it, they found um, what they thought was a gun in the Thames, an old gun, and they had to call the police, but it turned out to be a starting pistol. So that was it. Right, right. So it's a sort of gun. <laughs> but yeah, it was a kind of like a good start to a crime novel, I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anyone who, there might be some people who don't know what mud larking is, so mm. can you just tell us uh, about Sorry, yes. It's, um, it's when you go um, onto the mud flats, um, particularly on the Thames is particularly good for mud larking, and there's just so much history, as you can imagine, in the middle of London and you basically trawl the mudflats and they're quite strict about like how far you can dig down but um, you can't dig down very far but often you don't need to you can find amazing bits of pottery and coins and and some of the mudlarks on twitter it's worth following those people if you're interested in history because they find the most incredible things in the thames so i i really recommend it and a a sort of gift for a historical fiction writer i imagine as well to be able to to do that because like you say mm. finding a starting pistol you immediately go what a great start to a novel and yes when you can actually get out there when it's safe to do so and we're allowed you know who knows how many uh, trinkets you're going to find that are going really to inspire a story <laughs> yeah <laughs> um just finally before uh, we let you go um yeah. d- tell us what the thinks and old peculiar crime novel of the year award means to you personally i mean aside from just the the kind of personal joy at being included on on the list i mean in the wider terms i think it's it's great that we have such a big award to celebrate crime writing um in this country and i think crime writing has undergone such a renaissance um i mean it's always been wonderful but it feels like it's really sort of flowering at the moment and and there are just some such good writers who are exploring all kinds of different angles of of crime so I love that and then the second thing it it means to me is Harrogate and that feeling of coming together as a crime writing community because one of the things I've been so touched by when embarking on this new career is quite how friendly and supportive the crime writing community is and I felt really welcomed into it and um and yeah, and, and, and Harrogate and the Theakstons is a real focus for that, for that community to come together. It certainly is, yeah. Blood and Sugar is the book we're talking about. It's published by Mantle. It's out now and it's available from WH Smith if you haven't read it. And remember that you get to vote for the shortlist of this prize. So if you want to see Laura on that list, then head over to harrogatetheakstoncrimeaward.com and place your vote. Uh, she'll be very happy for that, won't you, Laura? Um, just before we let you go, you mentioned uh, another novel. So is, is, is the second novel out on the way, finished? The second novel was going to be out next mm. month, but sadly it's been delayed because of the current situation until January. It's called Daughters of Night, and it has some. Re- it's a loose sequel to Blood and Sugar with some recurring characters. 
um, and um, I, it's about women and um, prostitution, the Georgian sex trade, but it's also got elements of Greek myth and art, um, and, and I can't wait for everybody to read it. And it's very frustrating to have to wait another six months, but, but there we go. Uh, but we'll, it, we, we'll be so ready for it by January, won't we? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to us today, Laura. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah.